Um, all right. Welcome back to another episode of uh, Maybe Next Time. I'm your host, William Blue, with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation! You want to drink with that humble pie? (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks, we are back for another week in what is hot and what is not in Nets Nation. Yeah. Uh, As everyone listening to this cast knows, we are no longer in the NBA playoffs. We made a valiant run at... Two wins yeah. in the first round. Uh-huh. Didn't work out for us in the end, Simon. It was a heartbreaker. We're going to delve deep into the playoffs, deep into some of the Nets' woes of late. Uh-huh. But before we do that, Simon, I want to ask you some rapid oh, fire boy. questions. Okay. You ready for that? Yeah, I'm ready. Oh, uh, also, we're going to have a. Why don't we. Uh, why don't we slow down here? We're going a little fast. Okay. Um, I'm only going to get faster. As... <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, we are also going to go over a little bet payoff that right. Simon and I just did, but I do want to get to that after the rapid fire cues. Okay. Also, if anyone is into The Avengers, is that the new movie that's out? Yeah. Um, the Avengers, Simon's a Marvel guy. I'm more of a DC guy. Uh-huh. Always have been, always will be. That's uh, true. Uh, Paul Parker. The Spider-Man. Oh, um, Peter Parker? Peter Parker. Peter yeah. Parker. Uh, so we are going to get into summer blockbusters. Yeah. Via the Nets. Yes. Uh, I think one of the two that I've picked, Simon, you are going to really, really enjoy. Okay, great. Um, but, again, this is all to come. Right now we have rapid-fire questions. Simon, answer from the heart, not the head. Uh-huh. This has to be fast, snappy, quick. You know the drill. Okay. All right, first question. Will... Rondé Hollis-Jefferson be a net next season? No. Will Shabazz Napier be a net next season? No. Uh, Will Alan Crabb be a net next season? This has lots of implications. I I have two quick answers to that. My answer... My answer is no, but my hope is... is yes, actually. Your hope is yes? Yeah. Um... I don't want to spoil anything, but I have a hot take later. Okay. Oh, and Alan Crabb. Okay. Uh, all right, next one. Will Kevin Durant be a net next season? No. Yeah. We can, can we end all conversation about Kevin Durant amongst all Nets fans right now with that one answer? I think it's at its highest point it ever It has now. never been more favored yeah. than it is yeah. right now. It's just like, oh, yeah. well, we'll get into yeah. it. Yeah, okay. Uh, will Kawhi Leonard be a net next season? No. No, of course not. <laughs> Very obviously he won't be. Final rapid-fire question, Simon. Will D'Angelo Russell be a net next season? Yes. Great. That, too, we will delve into. Um, I think the D'Lo case is top four, four front of everyone's mind yes. at the moment, uh, especially with his playoff performance or lack thereof. Uh-huh. Um, but, again, we will get into it in a moment. Quickly, let's go over our bet payoff. Simon, we have six outstanding bets, four of which have been answered at the season's conclusion, two of which are TBD. Right. Uh, we bet whether Alan Crabb would shoot over 40% from the th- from three this season. Uh-huh. I bet under. You took over. I won that bet. Yes. He was a 37% shooter. Uh... That 37%, it's like, I don't remember the last time I saw Alan Crabb play, right? 
Like, it's been months, hasn't he, it? I think he only played about, like, 20-some games this year. Really? Oh, yeah? I, I don't, I don't, don't quote me on that, but very few. I mean, he was hurt for a really long time, then he came back for a few games, and... He played 43 games. 43 games, okay. Still not, I mean, barely half the season. Right. Um, all right, so that bet is one that I won. We also had a bet on whether Jarrett Allen or Ed Davis would average more rebounds. Ed Davis snuck it out, 8.6 to 8.4 for Jarrett Allen. Ed Davis, the rebounding champ of the team. As we've discussed many times, he was the leading um, defensive rebounding percentage in the NBA. He had the leading defensive Rebounding percentage in the league, and he and he averaged more overall than Jarrett. I don't know what their minute totals were, but I would imagine Jarrett got a little more run. Definitely, than, uh, yeah. I, I I would agree with that. Eight point six to eight point four. Very very close. Yeah. Uh, I bet that the Nets would make the playoffs. They made the playoffs. Um, and you, Simon, bet that Jared Dudley would average more minutes than Rojan Kurutz. When we made this bet, I think we were sort of agonizing over that answer because it meant at the time we were not very high on Dudley. By the end of the playoffs, another thing we will get into. Yeah. It couldn't be higher on Jared <laughs> Dudley. He's a folk hero yeah. for the ages. Yeah. I have seriously been contemplating buying a Dudley jersey. <laughs> Um, I think that of, of all NBA players, maybe uh, he and I share the most similar body, mm-hmm. um, of which, and maybe Raymond Felton, you could add to that list. Okay, is he still? Yeah, in the he league? is. He is big, Ooh, like boy. really, yeah. really, really chunky for a professional athlete. Yeah, was never in shape. No, guy. but he is definitely out of shape okay. now. So anyway, Dudley ended the season averaging .2 minutes a game more than Kurutz. Both averaged just over 20 minutes a game. And Kurutz, if that had been, if that had included the playoffs, uh, Dudley would have averaged even more minutes than him. Yeah, uh, Kurutz had pretty much fallen out of the lineup by the end of that series. Uh, our two outstanding bets, Simon believes Jarrett Randall will be... Julius Julius Randall, yeah. sorry. Uh, Julius Randall will be coming to the Nets, and uh, one of us thinks Ed Davis will be re-signed. Uh, I think so, you, you don't. Yeah, right, right, right. So those are TBD. Keep posted. We'll be back each and every unrelenting week. Right. All right, so now we are going to transition into a little playoff talk, because... Though most of these takes have been had, we we can't not discuss what just happened in the playoffs. There's too many long-term Nets implications to just let it pass. Right. Oh, can we just briefly talk about what we're drinking yes. here as a result of Absolutely. the, of okay. the bet? Yeah, oh my god. That's the <laughs> bearing the lead there. You want to you want to start? Sure. I am drinking a grape Flavored for loco, uh, which I I just want to say, yesterday I was telling Hillary I was like yeah I think I'm gonna ha-, I was telling you about these bets uh-huh. and I was like I think I'm gonna have a four loco tomorrow and and she and I was like yeah I haven't really drank something truly ghastly in a while <laughs> to which she responded well last week you were drinking fire bombs which <laughs> I had forgotten but is a good point it's true in Vegas we <laughs> concocted something called the fire Fire bomb, which were um, room temperature shots of Fireball, which is a cinnamony whiskey, yeah. uh, into similarly 
room temperature Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Um, not a bad drink. Could get your night started. Got our started for <laughs> sure. Um, I, on the other hand, so we went over to to uh, settle the bet at Covenhoven, uh-huh. a place I do not recommend you go um, if you have any self-respect or dignity. <laughs> but I needed a fancy drink, so Simon got me three very fancy things. I'm currently enjoying a strawberry pear gosa. Um, so we are drinking, I would say, uh, you're drinking more of a, a, a red state drink, and I'm having more <laughs> blue state drink. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I would say our, our our class division is also pretty... Oh yeah, strong. Right, it's 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 uh, apparent here. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm a tool here. You know, at least I'm a man of the people. You're a man of the people, sipping your grape for loco. Yeah, a once banned substance. <laughs> um, okay, so we're gonna switch into playoff convo. We're gonna start with two pro two things about the playoffs. We're each gonna say two things about the playoffs that we hope to cherish. For eternity. Yes. Would you like to go first, or shall I? Sure. Um, I, I can go first. Um, All right. You do one. I'll do one. So my one um, is something that I. Um, my first one is something that I actually sadly did not get to experience because uh, I was out of town on my wedding trip. But was the. Um, the good playoff crowd. God, how can you take that one? Sorry, okay. you weren't even fucking there. Uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I, I was at the game. Why don't you game. talk about it? Why don't, why don't you talk about it? You okay. were at one of them. I was at both of them. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was at both of the sorry. good crowds. Okay. okay, okay. Uh, well, thanks for teeing me up, Simon. There um, you go. We'll do a combo first one. So one thing Simon and I hope never to forget is something I experienced and Simon may have heard on TV. Yeah, I did. Um, well, on the replay. Right. Not uh, live. Right, right. So, Nets crowd, game three, before the game, most crowded game I've been to. Like, people were in their seats before the game. There was a serious buzz. Everyone in the crowd heard, had heard that Joel Embiid was out for the game. People were amped, like, legitimately, sincerely, as excited as I've ever been. It was predominantly Nets fans. Uh-huh. Um, we significantly outnumbered Sixers fans, which I was very, very surprised by. But it was great. And the Nets came out flat. And it was really hard to sustain the energy, but the energy had been great that day. Then game four, people came in and there was more of a malaise. It felt like there were more Sixers fans because it was a Saturday. Um, And people weren't in their seats at the start of the game. But we came out that game and we dominated that game. That was the most energized game I have been to far and away all season. The block was standing the entire time. Mm -hmm. People were just very, very. I, I, my hands are calloused from the high fiving that was happening. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. Um, in the press box right next to us, there were Zach Lowe, Jackie McMullen, um, 
all the David McManaman, tons of huge name, all the Espen people. Like I think Steve Lichtenstein had to go to the upper deck because very sad. Yeah, it was it was come too on, get, Nets. You gotta you gotta dance with the one who brought you. But I was gonna say one thing. I don't know if I've mentioned this to you, but I oh no, I did tell you. Uh, I shook hands with Jackie McMullen. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw her getting into the elevator after the game. Shook her hand, even though we'd lost. It was somewhat dispiriting. And one final thing I want to say about the crowd. It, like I said, it was the best crowd I've been to at Barclays Center hands down, both games um, Zach Lowe on his podcast, because I think his, he, he really like wants to hammer the angle that Barclays is not like a lit atmosphere that's very pro Nets, mm-hmm. which is which true. Is totally throughout right. the yeah. season. Yeah. Oftentimes, the uh, the op- opposing team has more fans. Mm-hmm. Um, that it is not an enthusiastic crowd. It's not a loyal fan crowd. It is. Uh, it's uh, wanting, but in this, they brought it in the playoffs. They legitimately did. And in his latest podcast, Zach Lowe said. It was good, but it wasn't as good as people were saying. Mm -hmm. Zach Lowe watches these games, and he has headphones in the entire game. Mm. So he's sitting there on his screen, like, very occasionally looking up with headphones. He's the only reporter down there with headphones in. So to claim that it is good or bad seems a little bit, like, he just, like... He's got an axe to grind and That's an, an agenda interesting, on that. Bill, you're you're blowing the lid off of this <laughs> pundit. It was just, hot it was just really it was annoying to me. Yeah, so, sure, uh, sure. There you go. So anyway, that's our, that's one of our cherished moments. What is your second cherished moment? And I will not get angry with you about this, even if it is one that I wanted. To. I'm sure it is, because it's not a very original one. It is Karis LeVert's performance in the playoffs. <laughs> um, and I think we need to cherish it both because it was quite impressive. He averaged like 22 points on close to 50% shooting from both the field and from three-point. I think it was 47% from the, from the three-point line. Um... He did it on, you know, the biggest stage he's ever been on in the in, in his career against, uh, you know, a Philly team that has trouble containing guards, but nonetheless is a quite good defensive team locked in yep. for the playoffs. Uh, and the other reason I think we need to cherish this is because, as, as you have, have especially talked about and we have talked about, you never know how long a Karis LeVert being good is going to last. Yep. you got to just... Cling when, to those when is precious the next memories. Fluke injury going to descend upon our potentially best player? Yeah, when when healthy, seemingly our best player. So I saw another stat. I forget who tweeted it or put it up. Oh, I think um, uh, Schumann, who is the NBA.com guy. Well, but I, like, he said, I think John Schumann is a good. Yeah, no, he's yeah, he's great. I mean, yeah, he's you know, giant nerd, which is great. Um, unlike us, who are super cool. <laughs> uh, so anyway, he he tweeted out that Karis LeVert was scoring the highest percentage of any um, ISO score in yeah. the playoffs, which yeah. is extraordinary. He was good. He was our best player, hands down, in the playoffs. That said, just to throw a little water on this cherished memory, which I, too, put as one of the memories I wanted to cherish, he was shooting forty-seven uh, over 47% from three. Uh, his career average is 32% from three. Yeah. Um, so he was playing out of his mind. And when he plays out of his mind, he looks fantastic. Is that like a glimpse into what a full, healthy season is going to be? It's obviously he's not going to shoot 47%. But, right. you know, if he's like... Close to a forty percent three point shooter. Yeah, that would that's be amazing. Incredible. Uh, he is 
by far the best guy at ISO ball on the team. He's an extraordinary defender as well um, and had a ton of steals. So, yeah, I, I hope, I do hope that he is healthy for an entire season. I hope that we get to see a full season. I hope we extend him this year. Oh, um, that is a that is a hot take. Which that I guess we'll, we'll talk get into about in a different a, yeah episodes. different cast. Yeah, but that but, is quite an interesting take. Yeah, I'm I'm fully on on board with Karis. I think it's a little premature to ordain him our best player, uh, just because the sample size of him being his best is basically the last three or four games of the season, the playoffs, and the first. 12 games so that's a sample size of under 20 games um, and he was great in those and mm-hmm. looked like our legitimately like our best player um, however it, whether or not you think he's injury ridden or not he has had injuries throughout his career um, and those are a bit of a red flag yeah all right my final one most cherished memory will be Sean Marks going into the ref locker room. Oh, very nice. Uh, I obviously wasn't there for it, um, but I I liked the story. I liked that, you know, he went out, he did it, he couldn't in good conscience. I mean, it was, it was so heartbreaking to see the end of that game. Mike Scott hitting that three, Jarrett obviously very blatantly getting fouled and getting the no call, us blowing a lead at the end of the game, although it's not uncommon for the Nets to do that. Um, it was just really hard to watch, so I understand why. I mean, he didn't go in and, like, violently assault any of these refs. The refs notoriously jerk the the nets around it feels like we're at an away game every single game uh we just get no calls and it and it has it's been something that has been well documented the last two minute reports always indicate that the very thing that we think is happening is in fact happening mm-hmm. stars and other teams get calls we get no calls um and he did something about it uh it he was fine for it but i think you know it was uh it's a symbolic gesture that he's got his players back. He's in. He's like that involved of a GM that he cares that much. Um, and I liked also that Joe Sai, yes, our too. co-owner, say, yeah. um, tweeted his support of it. He said, "My partners and I have spoken, and the entire Nets ownership group support our GM Sean Marks for protesting wrong calls." Um, and he was fined thirty five thousand dollars for that. So in total, they were fined like sixty thousand. Um, Sean had to miss the. Last game. I mean, that yeah, was a, yeah, yeah, that was exactly. a mercy kill on yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I'd, I'd missed that final game <laughs> of the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think um, that's something. You know, he's he's obviously fully bought in and invested with this team. I I agree. I I think it's great. I also, uh, as we emailed about, I do not like uh, any sort of take from any. Any of the pundits who are, like, pro-ref, pro, you know, officials just doing their jobs, like, yeah, part of their job is that they are hated. Like, every everyone hates referees. If you go into being a referee, you cannot expect to be treated with anything but disdain. You deserve it. <laughs> you are a worthless person. And you need to think about what your outlook on life is. Right. Because there's, I mean, short of, like, I don't know. 
corporate lawyering right. or some of the most blood-sucking right. jobs available. Prison There's, uh, enforce, enforcement agent or something. Right. Sure, ICE agent. There are a few oh, yeah, out there yeah, that yeah. are bad, that are worse. But, <laughs> but uh, NBA rap it's a short ICE list. Agent. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, the Brian Winhurst take was lousy. It was very sanctimonious and, you know, whatever. Okay, it doesn't show good leadership to you, uh, but... Right. Whatever. Yeah, I hope you have a heart attack. <laughs> uh, all right, so now we're going to talk about two things about the playoffs. We... We hope never. We hope to to wipe from our right. memories. And this I, will be the last time either of us talks about either of these two things. Right. Uh, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, Joe Harris. Mm. Joe That's Harris a good one. shot eighteen point eight percent from three. Mm-hmm. He didn't make a shot in game a three point shot in game two. Mm-hmm. Game three, uh-huh. and crucially, in game four, yeah, he was zero for six in game four, a game that we was imminently winnable. Oh, he had yeah. great looks throughout the game. Mm-hmm. D'Lo had a, it fed him a couple wide open threes, yeah. and he could not connect. Joe Harris, you are a, a three point god, a literal three point NBA champion. Mm-hmm. You had the highest three point percentage in the league, and he just totally disappeared. Uh, I want to remember the Joe. Harris from the regular season or and from the one. All-Star game or game one and completely forget about what happened, especially in games two through four. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my first one, Bill, is uh, the memory or <laughs> memory is a strong word because, again, I only saw pictures of it and uh, video of it. But the the, the image of uh, in game five, Joel Embiid going to center court and like Basking, oh, yeah, it, like yeah, having yeah, yeah. his hands out with a big stupid evil <laughs> smile, and basking in the uh, idiot Philadelphia fans' cheers, like that is so upsetting to me. Well, I'll talk about Joel Embiid more in the next okay. segment, but I, but I I cannot think of an image I more want to forget. No, I I came into the playoffs before I knew, or you know, the, towards the end of the the NBA season, I liked the Sixers. Yeah, I enjoy, me too. I, yeah. I, I genuinely liked the team. Yeah. I liked a lot of the players. I after this series, I loathe the Sixers. <laughs> me too. And I embrace the new. I mean, probably they don't give enough of a fuck to for this to actually be a rivalry. Mm-hmm. But I do love how intensely. Nets fans now dislike the Sixers, and they brought it on them. I mean, they were they were massively over talented. They nearly they they were scared certainly by a not a, you know a talent poor Nets team, uh-huh. and they still acted like the cockiest team in town. Not impressive to beat the Nets, you idiot. No, it really isn't, and they're gonna get. Absolutely ruined by the Raptors. God, I hope so. Yeah. Um, all right. My next thing that I want excised from my memory is playoff D'Lo. Yeah, sure. So he put up decent sounding numbers. He averaged twenty two point three points, three point eight assists, four rebounds, and one point three steals. But 
it was done with horrific efficiency. Mm-hmm. He was 36% from the field, mm-hmm. 42% effective field goal percentage, which is about 10% lower than league average. Um, so I want to remember the nice totals, but I want <laughs> <laughs> I want to completely forget about the inefficiency of it. It was like all of the concerns that anyone has ever had yes. about D'Lo yes. were on, including you including me were on full display he couldn't get to the basket so relied almost entirely on uh pretty deep floaters in mm-hmm. the lane or his three ball which was not dropping either no um and it definitely tarnished what has otherwise been a you know, electric season from the guy, and honestly, uh, by the by the end of that last game when he was truly dreadful, um, you just had this feel like maybe the whole season was a lie, yeah. and maybe this yeah, is real yeah. D'Lo. Yeah. And I don't think that that's true, uh-huh. but it just it was it's so easy to walk away from that series and be like this guy is just as bad as like Danny LaRue and Nate Duncan think that he is right recency bias is a very potent right psychological thing and especially like something so dramatic it uh, could it could just really quickly it could help us um, in terms of negotiating a contract with it but yeah, it could. I, I hope it does. I hope it does. Uh, but uh, let me just – so mine was was also that. So let me just add a f- couple more truly disheartening stats. Um, his – according to NBA.com, his defensive rating was 122.8. Oh. Uh, offensive rating 94.2 for a uh, net rating of minus 28.6. Yep. Um, That's a good stat. Uh, I mean, a very, very bad stats. Yeah, so, you know, yes, just try. I mean, it, it... yeah, I don't know. There's, there's, there's not much else to say. He had a bad series. He had a really <laughs> bad series. I mean, yeah, and and I don't know, I don't know exactly what it was. Uh, it's a difficult team for him. Yeah, um, they're so long that a lot of the passing lanes where he can be really elite are kind of swallowed up um, by just the sheer length of of Philly's guards. Right. But sorry, go ahead. Wow. I was just now go for it. The, the, sorry, the, the last thing I wanted to, to mention, which goes to that, which goes to the passing, was that he only averaged about three point six assists and three turnovers, so very close to a one to one assist to turnover ratio, which I had I had hoped could be something that D'Angelo could fall back on when he's having a bad game. I yeah. also don't love that he continued to take a lot of shots. Like he, he averaged twenty shots a game. Yeah, no, he was putting up tons of shots, and he. The passing was a huge issue. The assist just completely evaporated. Yeah. So he's a third best assist percentage through the regular season, and he was just dre- he didn't. I mean, he had more rebounds a game than assists. Yeah. Which uh, you don't want from D'Lo. He's no. not an elite rebounder. <laughs> All right. Let's transition to blockbuster moments. Yes. Simon, would you explain the conceit of this little segment here? So, yes. The, the idea is to compare um, aspects of the Nets playoff series. So that could be players. It could be, I don't know, plays. It could be pretty much anything around the playoff series. And comparing them to... Uh, Blockbuster, summer blockbusters. Now, to be honest, I will just tell you that the ones in my uh, 
my two, I don't remember when they came out, but I think they were summer blockbusters, but whatever, okay. blockbusters. Sure. Um, yeah, we're not gonna, we're, you're not gonna be dinged if you don't, yeah. if, if it w- wasn't released on June 1. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, no problem. Uh, by the way, are you gonna see The Avenger? No. <laughs> have I, you seen any Avengers? I, no, I have not. Nor have I. Uh, no, and I don't. <laughs> Alright, would you like to start or shall I? Uh, you can go. Okay, my first one is going to be uh, the last one of the two. It's going to be Jurassic Park. Ooh. Uh, this, of course, is a uh, pivotal movie mm-hmm. in my ch- childhood. Mm-hmm. One of the most memorable movies from my my younger years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm going to talk specifically about one scene in Jurassic Park, which is the scene with Jeff Goldblum on the toilet when the <laughs> massive T-Rex towers over him and bites his leg off. Mm. Um, so Jeff Goldblum is sort of cowering there in the in the bathroom mm-hmm. and the T this massive T-Rex hovering over him you know, rips his his limb off. Uh-huh. Uh, that T Rex Simon is an injured Joel Embiid. Yeah. Uh, Joel Embiid averaged just over twenty minutes a game, uh-huh. and in that time, had twenty four point eight points, thirteen point five rebounds, two point eight blocks, and a steal. And he again was injured. Uh-huh. He was injured throughout this series. So injured he In didn't addition, even play. So injured he had to sit out a game. Yeah. So injured that he hasn't been able to play enough to be in shape. So this is an out-of-shape, injured Tyrannosaurus Rex who still makes us look like a cowering, toilet-sitting Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. He was truly dominant, and it was it was humiliating. Yeah, and I, I you know, I, I, again, not that I think this would have, you know, shifted the series or whatever, but I think it would have been significantly less pathetic and humiliating had Ed Davis been able to play a lot yep. more. Now, again, he is much smaller than Joel Embiid, is not a Joel Embiid stopper by any means, but yeah. he is better. Mm-hmm. At stopping him. Agreed. All right, what's your first blockbuster? My first blockbuster, Bill, to go on your your theme is uh, Joel Embiid as Bane. Uh, do you know who Bane is? You can Bane? be forgiven for not knowing who Bane is. Is that a summer blockbuster? He Well, Bane is a villain in uh, Batman. Okay. Uh, in particular, Batman Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> uh, but basically, Bane is a... Um, giant, like, I think he takes some sort of drug or something, but he, he's, like, a very big physical, like, brute. And he, like, physically uh, destroys Batman. Um, much like Bane, or sorry, much like Joel Embiid. He is, you know, unlikable. Obviously, he's a supervillain. Uh, <laughs> he is a monster, and, uh, but he nonetheless... And he doesn't, you know, use much, like, tact, or he's not, like, a clever guy like the Joker or something right. like that. He's just a big, dumb brute who uh, deserves nothing but the worst <laughs> in life. I think Joel Embiid's pretty smart. I hate him. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 that may be, but... Uh, my second one is the summer blockbuster classic, Simon. Mm-hmm. The Notebook. 
Okay. Have you seen The Notebook? I know of it. I think it's I, tough to describe it as a blockbuster. I I know <laughs> of it as well. I've never seen it. But I feel like The Notebook is comparable to the entire series. So this is what I think I know about The Notebook, having never seen it and knowing virtually nothing about it. Um I think it's a sad movie. Okay. I think someone gets <laughs> <Never> their heart. <laughs> I think that someone gets their heart broken, uh, and sure. I know okay. that it's like a like a, a, people cry during it a lot. It's a tearjerker. Okay. Um, and there were times in Game Five during the first quarter when I was watching that miserable game. I, I did turn it off at half. Um, where I swear to God, the camera cut to the Nets bench, and in two different shots, one, I, I swear to you, Joe Harris was crying on the bench, and the other one, Jared Dudley, seemed to be crying as well. <laughs> so minimum two Nets players were weeping during quarter one of the Nets game, which reminded me of the summer blockbuster that neither of us have seen <laughs> and hopefully will never see, but I think Ryan Gosling might be in. He is, yeah, and Rachel uh, McAdams. Oh, hot, hot, hot. Yeah. Uh, the Notebook. Yeah. Great. <laughs> um, That's a DC universe. Yes, yes, it is. Um, the, the My next pick is uh, comparing the Nets series to, with the, with the Sixers to the uh, um, Matrix uh, trilogy. Oh. So... And yeah, I'm ready for a mind fuck. Go yeah, on. Yeah, this is here it comes. So game one is like the first Matrix. Now I know you don't like the Matrix. That's perfectly fine to think. And I, I haven't seen the Matrix in a long time. I remember liking it as a teen. Very possible I wouldn't like it now. But it is it is b- beyond dispute that uh, Matrix One became a you know uh, pop culture iconic film and, you know, people heralded it for various reasons and, you know, sparked a whole thing. It, it was, you know, a, a commercial success, etc., etc. The next, the subsequent, and that is game one, obviously, for right. the Nets. Um, the subsequent uh, Matrix films made at least me, and I have to assume many, many other people, including Hollywood producers, who, as far as I know, never really let the Wachowski brothers make another big blockbuster, <laughs> made them really v question. For oh, really? They did that? I think so. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, great job, Wachowski brothers. Right. But, but um... Anyway, those movies were so bad that, like, it was like, did they just catch lightning in a bottle? Did someone else write the first right. one? Like, they were they were not just, obviously, sequels and, and, and you know, whatever, the third movie that comes out uh, of a series are quite often not as good as the first one. But those were, like, so bad and totally forgettable and, and, and terrible. So, um... Those were the the uh, other games where you just sort of are like, how did game one even happen? Right, like <laughs> it is totally bizarre. Yeah, um, it was e- extremely invigorating. Yes, I definitely. I loved the. <clears throat> stream of texts after that game that were just like, Nets going all the way. Right. I mean, they dominated that game. Yeah. No, I know. They came out, they, they looked great, and they, they really did have a chance in game four uh, yeah. to, to tie it up. Mm-hmm. And a 2-2 series would have been, hey, that's respectable. Very respectable. Uh, um, losing four straight is, is not. Less not respectable, so. yeah. 
All right. Those were some <coughs> hot summer takes. <laughs> um, speaking of hot takes, Simon, I've got a scorching one for you. Okay. I'm kind of excited about Alan Crabb next season. Say what? Say what? <laughs> um, so, Alan Crabb has been an unmitigated disaster. Yes. I have been over Alan Crabb since the trade, more or less. You had a brief flirtation with why he was supposed to be good. Or... It, it, it's nice of you to call it brief. I would yeah, say it was... it was at least three quarters of a season yeah, long. It was, I mean, but you know, when you get these things in your head, it's like the Jimmy Butler thing. You're, you're, you're a, a stubborn man. Um, yes. So anyway, I've never liked Alan Crabb on the team. He's mm-hmm. been absolutely dreadful. Mm-hmm. Um for a long time, as yep. long as we've had him. Yeah. We've had a nice season in Portland. Yeah. Um, but it's his final year of the contract, right? Yes. That in itself is psychologically relieving to me, right? We don't have to act like, oh, my God, there's three more of these coming. So we're at the final one. This is it, you know? Maybe it'll be okay. In addition to which, it's a contract year for him. Mm-hmm. Very unlikely that he is going to get a contract anywhere near the contract, the poison pill contract <laughs> that the Nets made, saddled the Blazers with and then somehow <laughs> saddled themselves with. Yes. Um, but for him to earn that massive contract in the first place, he had to have put up a good year in a contract year. So I'm thinking... Maybe he'll have a decent year. In addition to which, in the playoffs, when a guy like Joe Harris goes 0 for 6 in mm-hmm, games like that, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's very rare that both he and Crab could both exactly. could go 0 for 12. Exactly. Alan Crab would have unequivocally helped in at least a couple games in the playoffs. Um, is he worth $18 million? No. Not even, not even close. Um is he worth half of that? No, not even close. But uh, he's a guy who I have more faith in shooting a three-pointer than Travion Graham. Yes. Than uh, Jared Dudley, yep. than Rodion Kudus, yes. than many, many, many players on the Nets. And in a series, and uh, when, you, when you need a three and you can't get one, Alan Crabb isn't the worst guy to have on your team. And I also just, especially, the, the way the NBA is now, but especially in the Nets system, those players, a, a Joe Harris having a terrible game, a Alan Crabb having a terrible game, are still valuable to have out on on the court. Like you just saw, like you know, e- even even a diminished Alan Crabb requires his defender to to stay at home on him. Right. Like they just will not. They are really hesitant to 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 uh, to leave him. And I know he didn't play in the in any of the playoffs, but. In game one, there was this remarkable, you know, time I remember when um, I think Jared Dudley was playing the five, and the announcers remarked, like, look at how much space there is for, for penetrators. Like, no, everyone was, like, totally spread out, and, like, that is the magic of a crab. Like, right. you don't have to even do anything good. You can just be on the court to help. No, absolutely, and 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 he he's dreadful. He's not worth it. But he has historically shot well. Teams have to respect it, and he does have occasional glimpses of being an elite three point shooter. Uh, sad as it is to say, like we're not getting. It's going to be a miracle if we get rid of him. We will talk about this more in upcoming episodes. Yeah. But 
you know, it's it's incredibly unlikely that we will. That we are likely to have him and not stretch him. I, I, I I'm okay with it. I agree. I agree. And I, I will just say, and again, I know we'll talk about this, but just very quickly, if you get Alan Crabb and he's on your books at the trade deadline, suddenly he is not an albatross. He could be salary filler. Right. He could be $18 million in, you know, helpful trade, um, you know, uh, whatever that is. Filler. Filler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So the playoffs continue without the Nets. Yeah. Um, who do you think are going to go to the conference finals in each conference? Bill, I am hoping, praying, uh, want nothing more than Toronto to beat Philadelphia and Same beat here. them badly. Same. Um, so that is the series that I care most about. Okay. Um, I just sort of assume and don't really have a dog in the fight of the Milwaukee Celtics thing. I, I what? what? How can you not want the Celtics to lose? Oh, I, I like the Celtics. I, I what like are you they, talking about? <laughs> I like how they play. I like how... Oh, just because they have the big goons? Yes, I love the goons. I know, but Tice doesn't even play in the playoffs. Well, they just got Baines. But, you like Ginger whole, Baines? No, no, but I, 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 I like... Uh, what's his name? Who's the center that we... Horford. Horford. Love Horford. I, I just love their I love the way that you they love play. Ginger Baines. I I like you just Ginger love Baines. how they play with our ill-gotten players. Yeah, I, I like their 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 <laughs> defense and I love their hustle and I I love their their spirit. Simon, I have a bet uh-huh. that I placed before the season where I have odds oh, on the right. Bucks winning right. the championship at plus seven thousand five hundred. I need the Bucks to beat the Celtics, and I need you to want that for okay. me. Okay, I, I I want that for you. <laughs> um, any any hot Western Conference takes? Do you think the Rockets have a chance of beating the the Warriors? I hope that they beat the Warriors. Me too. Honestly. Um, the Warriors. I mean, they lost two to the Clips. The yeah. Clippers were able to get two games off the Warriors, and we couldn't get two games off the Sixers. We're like analogous sort of like Cinderella stories. Uh The Clippers are in a way better position than the Nets, I hate to say. Yes. (laughs) In addition to which, they very likely are getting uh, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, right. Um... In on that, yeah. So I, I hope the Rockets win. I guess I wouldn't bet if I were to place a bet. I would still bet on the Warriors. Yeah. Um, one, because honestly, I love Mike D'Antoni, but I kind of think he's cursed, and I kind of <laughs> think he doesn't coach very well at the, like, absolute apex of uh-huh. pressure. Um, but I love him, and I hope I hope I'm wrong. And then, uh, who's even in the, the other one? Well, it's, it's not determined. It, it's Nuggets Spurs Game 7 tonight. Oh, my. Worthless fucking Spurs. And um, against the Blazers. Right. So. Oh, I guess I'm cheering for the Blazers because we have so many Rip City fans in our, our friend group. In our friend group. Yeah, I'm actually going for the uh-huh. Nugs. I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see the Blazers. I think I don't think Damian Lillard can sustain the success he had in round one, and that team is not that great unless you have a guy who can make forty foot shots right. with like sixty well percent accuracy. Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, right, I I, I I hear you. I'm 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 kind of at this point. I'm my prediction would be a Rockets Bucks finals. Oof, Bill, uh, with, hot, hot with the Bucks. Winning me some money. 
Okay. Although, I mean, how incredible would that be to see a championship with the two MVP candidates, Harden versus Giannis? Mm-hmm. We would finally have an answer to who deserves the MVP, even though the votes were in months before. Right. Also, happen. Harden doesn't deserve any... I, I hate Harden. <laughs> Why? Oh, for the same... I don't have an original take. I, yeah. I just find it really annoying that he gets to the basket and... It, yeah, no, it's not fun to watch. He's not fun and... to watch for sure. I mean, the the step back threes are kind of amazing, but like getting watching the twenty two seconds it takes yeah. for him to stand and dribble alone in solitude before he hits that shot is agony. It's one of those games <laughs> that yeah, it's it's sort of like football where you could cut out you know hours of watching it by just uh, showing the actual play. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, so we've got some upcoming episodes. I'm going to tease a couple of them. Great. We're going to do a season in review. Okay. We need to wrap our heads around what the hell happened this season. The Nets way outperformed expectations. Yes. They doubled, or nearly doubled. You had 21. No, they doubled uh, your win projection. Exactly. You had 21 projected wins. 21 is what I said? Yeah, and I had 32, I think. Uh Um, So they, they... Beat the hell out of my projection, too. They made the playoffs. It was, on the whole, a successful season. There were so many promising things. D'Lo emerged. Karis LeVert looks like he could be really good. They signed Dinwiddie to a pretty reasonable contract. Um, You know, Jared Allen raised some questions. I don't know that that's good or bad. But improved. Improved. Yeah, and had a a couple decent games in the playoffs. Um, so we will do a season in review, and then we are also going to do a Should I Stay or Should I Go episode in which we look at who on the Nets will be on the Nets the following season. That'll be fun. Yeah. So that'll be a big one. We're going to do play, uh, We're gonna do draft stuff. We're going to do free agency stuff. Those will become the overwhelming preoccupations of the show. We're into pure speculation season uh i just want to say right now the conversation on twitter and on um nets daily etc is centering around d-lo and free and and like and free agency and yeah so in context of right and it's like can we afford to sign D'Lo and get Durant and go after and go after Kawhi Leonard? I think that it's going to be extremely beneficial to this conversation if we stop imagining that we're going to get a first-tier free agent. Like, we're not getting Kevin Durant. We're not getting Kawhi Leonard. We're not getting Kyrie Irving. Those guys are not coming to the Nets. So when you're talking about whether D'Angelo should get paid and get a contract don't think about it in terms of ooh, is this going to take up some of the cap space that we okay. could use to get one of these uh, super like or or um uh clay thompson like we're not getting clay thompson isn't leaving the warriors to come to the nets that's not happening this season so the conversation needs to be tempered uh, the D'Lo, like, hand-wringing and pearl-clutching, like, can we possibly afford him when we're going to get one of these right. other guys? Got to get rid of crab we're, if we even have any right. hope. Right. Of- we're, we're just not getting yeah, one yeah. of those guys. So when you think about it like that, we have a ton of money and you can sign D'Lo, and you need not agonize about both of those things happening because we're not going to need the money for one of those guys. Yes. It's fun to think. It's fun to imagine Durant coming here, I guess. 
I, I mean, obviously it's, you know, scratching an itch for a lot of people on Twitter, but it's just not happening. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't have insider information on that. Uh, could be could be wrong. Could have egg on my face. I've been wrong many, many, many times on this very podcast. But I think it's important to say that that cap space is not going to a top free agent. Yes. Okay. Um, Tobias, though. Maybe. That is one worth keeping an eye on. Sure. Uh, especially, I would say, if Philly loses in five or fewer games to the Raptors. Yeah. If that happens, a stick of dynamite will be placed under whatever their stadium is called down in Liberty City. Mm-hmm. And uh, that team is going to look wildly different next season. Butler 100% won't be there. Mm. Um, Tobias might not be there. And I would say there is a not insignificant chance that Ben Simmons gets involved in a little trade action. Interesting. Well, that's for another podcast. Um, Simon, where might people... Rate, review, subscribe. You guys have got to get on your <laughs> podcast networks uh, and your iTunes, your Stitchers, uh, your Radio FMs, your uh, um, Seamless, or no, not Seamless, what is it called? Spotify. Spotify. I always forget that one. Um, get on there, rate us, give us five stars, please. We really appreciate it. It does help people. Um, uh, find us and fuel our four loco uh, passion, uh, which is starting to kick in here. Uh, oh yeah, I mean I saw some uh, purple dribbling down your yeah, chin yeah, a few yeah, minutes yeah. ago. <laughs> uh, and uh, also, you can um, follow us on uh, at Facebook, Twitter, uh, and Instagram on uh, at. Maybe next time, and please, please, please send us your thoughts, your suggestions, your questions uh, to maybe next time at gmail.com. Yeah, hit us up with those questions. We need them, we want them, we love them, uh, and we don't have any. Right. Our, our, our mailbox is empty. Yeah. Uh, so hit us up. We are responsive for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're like, ah, you know, I, I have a lot of questions, but I'm just a little nervous trying to contact these super elite media insiders. Yes. Um, nobody contacts us. <laughs> right. Uh, that that that's right. If you think that that just because Bill goes to Covenhoven, he's too yeah. good for you. <laughs> just because I had a nice <laughs> strawberry pear tart and sour. Mm. You know, I'm just like everybody else. Yes, he's, he's using that to shield his vulnerability. Exactly. Uh, and uh, we are becoming vul- more and more vulnerable by the moment <laughs> when you are not hitting us up on the Gmail, on the Twits. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the playoffs. We miss you, Nets. Great season. Uh, and we'll go ahead and see ya next time. I was tired of my lady. Together too long, like a worn out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed, and in the personal columns, there was this letter I read. If you like Pina Colada.